This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and a goal! Gets to Mitchell, it's another goal! Incredible hobble! Samsung should have folded after Chris Smith put that <laughs> company should have went bust. Um, so Chris Smith, oh, fair play man, he's a lovely guy, wasn't he? He used to tell a lot of lies, remember he said he ba- smacked somebody in a nightclub? Uh, anyway, so Chris Smith, so he'd basically like, he'd be involved like the whole year, he'd train every day, he was a lovely guy, lovely lad. Um, never get picked in the squads and then we win the league. Early, didn't we? So Bradford was the last game, that's right, so they can't even put him in the squad. And every away game we'd wear tracksuits to the away games, obviously you're sitting on a bus for fucking six years to Bradford or whatever it is. And like, we wore tracksuits to every game, and I don't know why Chris Smith asked me of all people, <laughs> what, what do we wear at away games, lad? And I was like, oh, it suits me. <laughs> Turn up at the bus and Chris Smith's got his fucking suit on. We were on track and the cannulas went fucking ballistic up. So I'm absolutely kidding. He played like 10 minutes and I had a shocker. But 
It was summer, just won the league, and we were all sitting with trackies on, and he is sweating his tits off in his suit. <laughs> After Bradford for six years, so uh, he got dinner peach. <laughs> Who went to the party in the park, or on the, on the pitch, or whatever it was called? Yeah. Uh, Joe DeVera got done there as well. <laughs> Joe DeVera was a great guy, wasn't he? I love Joe DeVera. We used to, get, uh, we used to go to Joe DeVera's house before we went out. And I remember uh, James Collins, who was a great guy as well. I love James Collins, man. He loved a drink. Uh, James Collins, he would always leave his drink on the floor and he would like charge about the house, so we would constantly be filling his drink up with more vodka. So he'd have like treble. To, and we actually had him with his top off, sitting in his jeans, head in his hands, telling us that his missus was his best mate. <laughs> Pathetic. Anyway, so, uh, Joe DeVera has, so, again, party on the park, wear what you like. Joe DeVera texts me the night before saying, what is it tomorrow, mate? Is it just wear what you like? Nah, mate, suit. <laughs> again, fucking 90 degrees out there, and he turns up with his suit on. The cario again cracked, sent him home in a taxi, he had to go home and get changed and come back. <laughs> I don't know why you would ask me, of all people, what, what, what you've got to wear, Johnny. I have no idea. Nah. Thick as shit. <laughs> <laughs> You are one of many, many people in a long line of people that fell out with Paolo Di Canio. I mean, he pretty much didn't like you from the moment. Hated me. Fucking hated me properly. <laughs> Honestly, mate, for the first minute he walked in, we all had to get weighed. And I remember I stepped on the scales and he, his eyes were like that. No! No! Five foot eight? Ninety kilos? <laughs> I think he was shouting fucking mama mia, he's like, the fat boy, we have a fat boy. And he... We went to Italy for two weeks, was it two weeks, cats, ten days, two weeks. And I was the only person that wasn't allowed ice cream. <laughs> and he would get ice cream and like eat it in my face. I had to go for a run while they all fucking ate ice cream. Wow. So we, do you know the story about when we got to Italy? Probably, but please. So we went to Italy, it was at Norcia the first time. And uh, we arrived at the hotel, were you there, Mac? Remember the guys that were waiting for us at the hotel? His mates. Oh yeah, that was Verona. Verona, wasn't it? Uh, four skinheads, man. Honestly, wow. So, supposedly one of these guys is like the best cage fighter in Italy. And he's like, that. if you have a drink during uh, training, this guy fucks your ass. <laughs> so we Matt Ritchie was constantly drinking. Um, <laughs> so uh, the first day he's like, ah, no, no water breaks. You're like, ah, what? No water breaks? Like, unheard of. Like, I was so hot, cats, wasn't it? And his runs were basically impossible. Eh? Like, so anyway, we're standing, man, and then this big guy takes his t-shirt off. And his full back is covered with Paolo Di Canio's face. <laughs> and the guy, like, Di Canio was like, Stop! Stop training, lads! Look at his back! <laughs> Buzzing off this guy having a Swindon tattoo on his back. Um, and then that trip was just torture, man. But to be fair to him, the good thing about him and what I loved about him was, like, he slaughtered me for being fat. He wanted me to do extra running, but he would do every run with. Like, so... 
But he was a black as well. How easy though was it to fall out with him? Like, was it like just? I mean, he didn't do what he wanted. He fought with her. Just, just like that. So again, and then I kind of got back on his good side because I got myself fit. He was so like you hated him, but you also loved him as well because. Such an arsehole away, but then when I've lost a couple of pounds, he'd come up to me and like he'd grab my face and he'd go, Look, look how handsome you are now, you're not a fat boy. <laughs> so then you think, oh he's alright man, I think I'm handsome. And then um, and then like you think you're getting somewhere with him. So I was getting on for like twenty minutes here and there. And then we play a pre-season friendly out there, and it's like Oliver Risser, Jonathan Smith, and it was, was it Macca? Pish, rubbish. They're playing, and uh, like everyone's getting, I'm sitting on the bench, and everyone else is going on, and he's not told me to warm up. And it comes to like two minutes to go, and he's like to me, uh, Simon, go and warm up, you're going on. I was like, ah, nah, fuck that. Nah. <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm not going on. Nah, I'm not warming up. So, never, that's probably the first time I've seen him crack. Like, and it, I never went on, refused to go on in the dressing room after the game. Oh my god, man. Like, probably the first time as a football, I was, like, fearing for my life. <laughs> and then the next day, you had, like, a full meeting for, like, 30 minutes. Like, it will take an absolute disaster for Simon Ferry to ever play for me again. Fifth choice centre midfielder. If you want to leave, you can leave. Terrible attitude, fat, shit football player. <laughs> and I remember actually saying to Rafa the Vita, like, I'm, I'm leaving, man. Like, there's no way I'm playing. And, uh... And the team was a beast, didn't they? Like, you remember sitting the first day, they beat Crew 3-0, didn't they? And I thought, fuck me, man, there's, there's no way I'm ever playing again. And then I think they lost five on the bounce cards, wasn't it? And he, he went to Cads, that's Cads, coming. He went to Cads and he went like that. Okay, Paul, who do you think's better? Oliver Risa, Jonathan Smith, or Simon Ferry? <laughs> didn't he? What did Paul say? <laughs> what did he say, Oliver Risa? <laughs> Let's settle, like, you asked this question before this evening. How many in here rated Oliver Rissa? Hands straight up there. Got a few hands. Cracked a decent one out of here. Cracked a decent one out here. Still football again. So, this is how I can explain Oliver Rissa to you. So, the canal used to do we had so many players that you would do, like, unopposed shape, we call it. So, there's 11 players in this half of the pitch. 11 players in this half of the pitch. The goalkeeper would start it here and you would just play, like there would be no pressure. The other team would just stand like mannequins basically and you would just play around them. So I'm in Oliver Reese's team and Cads is right back. And again, as I say, no pressure. Cads plays the ball on Oliver Reese and he just fucking boots it out the pitch. <laughs> and the, the canyon's like, Oliver, what the fuck is this? And Oliver Reese turns to me and he's like, uh, Simon, maybe there you can tell me I have time. <laughs> like, mate, it's fucking unopposed shit. Of course you've got time. All the time in the world. You take fucking 30 touches. Uh, so anyway, that was all the research. But then, I think, what was it? Dagenham was the last straw, wasn't it? Dagenham, we got beat away. And then, I remember the meeting the day before the game. And he's like, okay, lads. It's disaster time. The fat boy will play. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I think I ended up playing like the most games of everyone that year. But he always like he always said that's what I liked about him again. He could be horrible, and then he always like pulled us aside and said I respect how you stood up to me and not stood up to me, but like held your ground and 
Thanks very much. Uh, like you phoned me after that season. I remember being in Glasgow. I answered my phone, rough. Like, Simon, please tell me you're not drunk. And I'm like, no, of course not. Just hung over. <laughs> and he's like, I just want to thank you for everything you've done for me. The whole, uh, what was it his words were? He says, um, for as long as I'm at Swindon Town, you will be with me. And fucking brilliant. Like, I respected him for that. And he, he said, I'm sorry for the way I treated you. It wasn't right. But um, we got there in the end or something. He said, ah, so... Well done, fat boy. You talking to me then? <laughs> <laughs> I was never that fat. <laughs> Plenty of players didn't recover though, did they? So, I mean, there's a long list of players that just disappeared. Um, Luke Rooney being one. Some of the players could be buried under a sport, actually. <laughs> Luke oh. Rooney being one. Luke, Luke Rooney was brilliant, wasn't he, cad? Luke Rooney was like a East End London boy, cocky as fuck, did not care, loved a beer, fat as fuck, basically me for London. <laughs> so uh, he would stand up to the candle of your like his dad was a bit of a gangster man, like his dad had a bit about him. So we used to hear like, my in-laws used to come down to Glasgow and Rooney's mum and dad used to come through for London and we would all end up getting together and like, hey parties in my house for like two days with Rooney's family, like they were great people, I loved them. So one day we were at uh, Old Bank, it was me, Gary Roberts, Tommy Miller, James Collins, McCormick, Rooney, would have been, Rooney was obviously there, uh, who else was there? Jay McEverly was there, and uh, remember that John Sitton, that you, remember he done uh, this the full time speech? Runes had that down at tea. so every time we'd had a couple of pints, Runes would stand up and he would do the full rendition. You can fucking bring your dinner because you'll need it. And you, you little cunt, and you, you big cunt. And do you hear what I'm fucking saying? So you would do the full thing. But Rudy had a beast on the Saturday. And we were sitting on the Sunday, done that speech, and he was like, ah, lads, I think that's me done. He says, he's going to come for me tomorrow. I know it. Because you knew if you had a beast on a, on a Saturday, on the Monday, you were getting slaughtered. He's like, I've had enough. I'm not taking any more shite film. He bullies me every week. He says... I'm fucking giving him a bit back tomorrow, and we were buzzing, man. So, <laughs> I goes to him, Runes, if you give him a bit back, I dare you, put some of the John Sitton words into your reply to the cameo. That'll fucking baffle him. So stick some of that in. So sure enough, clips Monday morning, Runes. I think the cameo's more Rooney, you are a fat loser. <laughs> And Rins get Rins fucking stands up and he gives it. Do you know uh, he starts slotting the camera? He says, "Yeah, all right." He says, "You're better than me at football, but you ain't got any mates." <laughs> and the camera's like, "Can like, what?" He's like, "Yeah, you're better than me at football. You don't have any mates." And then he goes, "Do you hear what I'm saying or not?" For the camera, and the camera's totally baffled. And he went, "You can bring your dinner." <laughs> We are all tapping each other, like none of it made a fucking word of sense. And we just like rhyming out John's, I think he was still a bit pissed with the night before. But that is the only time I've I genuinely seen the cameo baffled by anything. He was like, what the fuck is he talking about? But uh, Runes, was, Runes was a hero, I loved Luke Rooney, loved him. Good player as well, very good player. Um, just couldn't have handled the cameo constantly. But I don't care if people slot him here. Which is probably why I didn't do too bad under the cameo, but if you if you want a thick skin, like it was it was tough. It was tough. Like some of the things you would as well come as Andy Williams next. 
我没房子安的，我也是放的。So as I say, thanks, kid. Like Andy Williams would probably be the nicest guy in the world. Far too nice, like so nice, 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 nice. Um, He's nice. Uh, he just had a permanent smile on his face, didn't he? Like he was farting. <laughs> so um, we used to do the clips on. Sundays or Mondays, <coughs> and uh, I think we got a bit of a Macclesfield in the FA Cup right there. And um, so your name would be up first. It would start with Wes, Flinty, Cadis, Devera, defenders, midfielders, strikers. Click on your name, and like three folders would come up. One folder, two or three. It'd never be any more than two or three. So Andy, well, we get through everyone. Maybe about sitting there for about an hour. I think we were in at six in the morning that day. And. Uh, We'll get to Andy Williams at the end. Bear in mind, you've been sitting there for like an hour and a half, you're fucked. Um, and we'll get to Andy Williams and there's like 12 clips. <laughs> and we all look at him, but he's still smiling. I'm like, how can you be smiling? But you're, you're about to get slaughtered here. So anyway, 11 clips go by. The last clip comes up at Andy Williams and it's uh, the fullback clips are bought up to Andy. Like, he was a good player, Andy Williams, wasn't he? Decent. But he was a shite bag. <laughs> he was a shite bag, right? Couldn't tackle. So the clip plays. This, the right back clips a ball to Andy Williams and the carry pauses it right on the exact second. He's obviously wrote the second down that he's going to pause it. Pauses it and Andy Williams, the centre half's coming to head the ball and Andy Williams' face does this. <laughs> totally shites himself. So the carry takes a deep breath. Okay. He says, Andy, because he used to kind of all the time, he says, I don't know what I can say to you now that I've not said to you before. I can only put it in a way that you will understand. He says, guys like you, Andy, you know what happens to them? And we're all sitting thinking, like, you don't play anymore, you're going to be on the bench. He says, your wife, she fucks everyone else. But see the bad thing is the carry, you couldn't laugh. See if you laughed, you would fucking go mental. So you sort of hold your laughing. And then you look at Andy Williams and he's still like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh brilliant. He was a great guy, he had a great way of words. Great way of words. He was brilliant. I loved the carry was brilliant, really loved him. <laughs> when we spoke the first or second time, you talked about pleading innocence when he thought you were out. And you were watching the acts back then, uh, and your now wife was, was had the hair. Blown her hair, that was right, uh-huh. Blown something. Yeah. Uh, sorry, her hair, uh-huh. <laughs> but were you ever caught? We were at Mackenzie's once, right? And we were, like, halfway into Mackenzie's. And I was facing the door. And I went, no way. He was fucking, like, peering in the window, man. And I remember sitting, having a pint like this. <laughs> in, in Mackenzie's, fucking hiding down a pint like that. I could see him peering through the window. That happened quite a lot. But um, what was the one he caught us off? Aldershot. Was that Aldershot? Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Wow. So his dad died, didn't it? We are, we are ruthless bastards, innit? Going to lose his dad died. It was the enthusiasm from over here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big time. So I think we'd basically win a game, we'd beat somebody on the Saturday. I can't remember who it was. Was it Plymouth? Plymouth. Oh, it was that fucking tremendous goal we scored, wasn't it? <laughs> um, so, 
I think that basically, we were basically up unless like, a, a disaster happened. But after the game against Plymouth, I remember in the dressing room, he was like, lads, please, I need to go back to Italy. Da, 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 da. I won't be on Sunday, Monday. I'll meet you at Aldershot Tuesday. Please, lads, do not go out. Please do not go out. So we'll get changed, get in the bus, I'm out of place. Of course we're going out. But basically, we're up. There's no way Aldershot is shite. There's no way we will not be Aldershot. To be fair, I think we were on the hotel at 12 o'clock, which is, sorry, right, huh? Uh, so, never thought of any of that. And then, Sunday, we were in, we session, not, not a word said. Monday again, he's not in. And then Tuesday, we meet here for the game. And he comes in, and he names the team. And I think there's like six or so. And there's like, three boys that were out, were in the team. And three weren't, and I wasn't in the team. So the boys are like, and he starts going on this big rant about El Haji Juf being a wanker or something. I was like, ah, <laughs> but that's what his team talks would go fucking off on one, like. And he said, actually said to Louis Thompson, and Louis, you have bad influences in this dressing room. So see, the bust at older shop, you're all sitting at the back like that, he fucking knows. <laughs> and then some boys are like, nah, he doesn't know. He doesn't know, because we are playing, if he knew, then we wouldn't be playing. So. Get to Aldershot. In fact, he was actually being quite nice to me. That's how much a head fuck he was. He was actually being nice to me in the dressing room. So we're sitting on the bench and I'm like, the boys, lads, he's just been mustered on me in that dressing room. We're, we're fine, man. Like, we're getting away with this scot free. And then he would like, look at you on the bench and stare at you. And I was like, oh, fuck, he knows. <laughs> and then he'd be happy and he'd make a joke with me. Like, oh, I'm buzzing, man. He doesn't know. And then I was going on. I, I think I went on for the last 30 minutes or something. And just as I was going to run, he said, he said something, I can't remember what it was. And I was like, fuck, he knows. <laughs> See that last 30 minutes, man? I couldn't even tell you what happened in the game. I was shite to myself about what was going to happen in the dressing room after. We were getting beat. Coming, here, we're coming after the game, beat. Was it 3-1? 2-1. Oh my God, man. All hell fucking broke loose. He was booting and he battered the tactics board, folded it. He was a hard bastard to carry on, I'm telling you. I seen him hitting the bag in there. He would have, he was a hard bastard, honestly. Battered the tactics board, flipped. I think I was sitting next to Maki it was, and I tapped Maki and I was like, we are done. He goes, look at me, Simon Ferry. Oh, I play for Swindon, League Two shit player. I go out, I drink the poison, I'm all bloody. You fucking shit professional! He fucked me. Honestly, it was like a brick wall like that. And he's got like this fucking, I think it's a Rolex or something, mate. He smashes the watch. The watch pops. <laughs> but the watch pops off. He's burning hampers. So when you've got that horrible feeling inside your eye, he's going, he's going to drag me up, punch his fuck out of me in front of everyone. <laughs> so, he's went mental, man. Like, you would not believe. I keep tearing his fucking shirt and all that. He was, ah! And uh, the best thing ever about it was, so you're shitting yourself. He's like, they like to dance, Fabrizio! They like to dance! And he starts kind of dancing and you're like, I'm so desperate to laugh here, but I'm shitting myself. <laughs> he fucking goes mental again. He stops, he looks at Fabrizio and he went, they want to dance, Fabrizio? Put the music on, let them dance! Walks out, and Fabrizio puts the music on. And we're like, should we fucking dance? <laughs> Did you go? 
what the fuck? <laughs> and then after it, mate, we're sitting on the bus and he's doing an interview with the radio. Somebody's got the radio on their phone and he is, remember it? He was slaughtering us, wasn't he? But the good thing was, we, like, I owned up to it, but she liked him at me, so I went in on my gaffer, I went out, out order. Sorry. But was it Wes? Again, Wes shit, he's still there. Wes, uh, Wes said that he wasn't out. I think it was Rafa the other one. Oh, because Wes, Wes done, got dropped for the Gillingham game, didn't he? Yeah, he was dropped, yeah. Because he was outside, wasn't he? Uh, but that older shot gave me, that is the worst I've seen him. Like, see that punch on the wall? It's like a solid brick wall here. He absolutely bashed it, man. But he just left his watch on the floor. But uh, that was, that's the most scared I've been on. Let's stick with the changing rooms, because there must have been a few incidents. So, I mean, I remember the build-up to the first Oxford derby, because he was really, he was stirring there, but also trying to keep things down. Right, this, this, sums, this story sums Paolo de Cani up, right? So, we used to sit in here, actually. I think it was that screen. Was it Cad's, eh? Like, see on a Friday before a game? So you train on a Friday, you come back here, you get some lunch. You'd be travelling in a way hotel, so you'd meet him here at one o'clock. And I remember sometimes sitting still sitting here at three o'clock, and you're, he's still fucking talking. <laughs> Boys generally used to fall asleep, didn't they? <laughs> fall asleep in the meetings, like he would talk, talk, talk. So this day we're talking about Oxford, and he's like, ah, lads, I know it's a derby, put it out your head. Do not get involved with the crowd, with their players. Calm heads, we don't need this, outside distractions. If I see anyone turn, get involved with Oxford players, lads, I'd be very happy, unhappy. So we're like, no, no, who does that? Like, it's you that fucking does that. <laughs> so, uh, like, no, like, we're not there, right, anyway, so, again, we wake up in the morning again, he's like, again, lads, I have to reiterate, please, please obey them, you can't do anything. As soon as we get to Oxford Stadium, he's like that to the fans on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you couldn't write to him. In fact, I'll tell you another st uh, last story about just like that sort of thing. You don't have to point at my nose. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so we played, remember we played Hartlepool the first game of the season? Yeah. Tommy pissed the penalty, didn't he? Yeah. You went there, Cat, you died. Oh, you'd fell out with him by then. <laughs> uh, so we played Hartlepool up there, I was on the bench. The boys played well, like, we got, we got a penalty, Tommy missed it. But on the bench, he was going fucking berserk. Berserk. I remember you, I, the times I was on the bench, he used to turn round to us, right, and he'd stare at us while the game was going on. And the game would be playing, and I was like, what? What is it? <laughs> you lad, you need a fucking psychiatrist. I'm like, that fucking pot kettle, man. <laughs> I'm just sitting here. Why do I need a psychiatrist? No saying a word. So anyway, we play Hartlepool. Now and now, Tommy missed a penalty. You're thinking, first game is easy to take a point up at Hartlepool. Coming after the game, it was fucking mental. Mental. Honestly, like, you've never seen. And his final words were, he's like, we have a long journey home, If I hear anyone laughing, joking on the back of the bus, I come up the back of the bus and I fuck your ass. <laughs> Again, the full journey home, Matt Ritchie, getting one to tell the jokes. <laughs> but uh, that's the sort of... That's the sort of stuff, he would say stuff and you're like, how does he expect me not to laugh at that? <laughs> but if he did, like, he'd fart on you, so uh, that's the tip. Sort of team talks that we would have, uh, some man. Poor Matt Ritchie. Oh, Matty, Matty was pathetic though, wasn't he? <laughs> Matty was up his arse, honestly. Matty was so far up his arse, all you could see was his toenails. <laughs> 
Okay, you love, you love Matty, didn't it? To be fair to Matty, Matty was brilliant, man. Like, there was times in that season, like, games would be 50-50 and Matty would just fucking stick one in the stanchion, wouldn't he? Feel like 30 yards. He's one of the first and only footballers to leave Swindon and look upset when he's joined his new club. Have you ever seen anyone look so devastated to be in a Bournemouth shirt in all their lives? See, like, Matty loved it here, eh? Like, he loved the canyon. Matty loved, didn't he, cats? Like, but Matty was a loser, like he never never went out, he just sat in his house. Yeah, him and his missus had a joint stag do at some Matt Richard. <laughs> Have you ever heard any like it? Did he? Honestly, what I got now, but I love Matty. Lovely boy, done great for himself. Uh, like, see, training in that, Matty was never great, like, possession and. Like, we would do, like, be possessions and Matty would constantly give the ball away. And say, I used to hate him being in my team in training. But then, out there, he was, just came alive on matches, didn't he? And, like, his delivery and his... his it was good. What you know about how Matty was going to... I think Cads is similar, like... No matter how they're playing, like... It didn't care, really. Like, they give the ball away or they kick the ball 30 yards over the stand, they'll take it again and they'll still try and do stuff. But I loved playing with it. Cads and Matty, it was fucking a joy to play with. Like, they were far too good for League 2 at that time, you could tell. Um, but the Canio made Matty the player he was. I think Matty would only say that because... Before the canyon came, I thought Matty was shite. No, I'm being genuine, he was, he was shite. He gave the ball away all the time. He never had that in, and the canyon hammered him for the first three months. He, he got really fit, and the, I, think the can, I think Matty's even said that now, speaking to him since, that the canyon made him like the player he is. So, fair play him. What was it like when it was falling apart during that in-between, that when the money was running out and people like Matt Ritchie were leaving? We all just... I was fucking delayed when you left. <laughs> No, well, I think you had, you, you were away again, weren't you? So you had, uh, you had a meeting again up at uh, Liddington. We were on the meeting there the wee bit. And he comes through with like a, a, an under armour on, wee shorts, socks, boots, whistle. And he, it was like, it was like someone at Gladiator, he's like, who follows me? He's like, put your hand up if you follow me. Of course everybody can't put their hand up. <laughs> and uh, he says, last night I found the owners. Gangsters, lads. Don't scare me. He says, I'm standing in my house. One Ransby Square. I phoned him. I said, you come to one Ransby Square. I'm standing here with a kitchen knife. With one phone call, I can phone my team and they will be at my house in a minute. You're like, which we fuck. That was the sort of stuff that you would say, though. So. See, actually, the new owners. That's probably killed me as well, so... It was Tranmere the last game, wasn't it? Tranmere. 3-1, is that right? I think you might have been out with us, had we? I think probably. So we beat Tranmere on the Tuesday, the got sacked on the Tuesday, didn't he? It was meant to be a pre-match at a hotel in Liverpool, and he absolutely sabotaged it, he cancelled the full thing. So we ate pre-match in a service station on the motorway, before we put Tranmere. And uh, we beat them 3-1, and Decanio had been sacked. So, on the way home on the bus, Tommy Muller, Danny Ward, we were, uh, Darren Ward, sorry, you get the job, take the job. Wednesday, he'd been sacked, so on the bus, we're like, ah, he's been sacked, man, this is fucking brilliant. <laughs> At the time, you thought it was brilliant, but looking back, if he'd have stayed, we'd probably have got promoted, but anyway, so, fucking golf day tomorrow, innit? We're celebrating. So, we'll go out for a golf day on the Thursday, that turns into an absolute piss up on the win- uh, Wednesday, sorry. Steaming. Darren Ward and Tommy Muller, because they were kind of speaking to the chairman and getting announced, they weren't in, so it was a day off on the Thursday, play golf again. Steaming again, <laughs> celebrating. We played play Preston on Saturday, wasn't it? And like, you think about it now, you know, what would we be doing? We're top of the league. 
But it was just because it was so intense under the canoe, you were so relieved that like you could relax and enjoy yourself again. But I'll never forget. So again, we look Rooney, who was fucking brilliant, man. What a guy. He just kept his golf shoes on. He's like, fuck it, the canoe's been sad, I'm keeping my golf shoes on. Just doing what I like. He says, I'll be playing Saturday. I'm buzzing. So we went for food. The balloon just got his golf shoes on. Up old town. As was after food we went, is it the hot bar now? We're sitting in there, we're all drinking, and who walks in but Jed McCrory. Remember that photo the five of them got taken? Yeah. I think like right after that photo they walked into the bar and we are steaming. <laughs> like, there's like eight of us steaming and they come over to speak to us and we are talking the biggest load of shite for the five dollars. Which was a language they understood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll never forget it. We were playing pre- like Darren Morris and Tommy Miller's speech to us after that game was lads, if we take over, everything stays the same, we stay as professional as you want the canyon. We've been on it for two days, man. And my last memory is Luke Rooney singing I did it my way in his golf shoes in the Vic at fucking two in the morning on the <laughs> Yet again, when you guys were stressing over the end of the decanio. I'm so sorry by the I'm sorry. These guys. These guys. I'm sorry, it was that uh, terrible. But you had a pretty good relationship with the fans, didn't you? Oh, I loved the fans, they were fucking brilliant to me. I absolutely loved them. Honestly, like, my missus still talks about it, it was probably the best time of my life. Being the four years I was here, the most I've enjoyed life. Uh, I fucking loved it. Everyone was so nice. Like we used to walk to the games from my house, walk home, speak to people on the way up. Football film, man. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I love football film. Hey, fucking great guy. So is it chippy on the corner there? So <laughs> football film. Me, Aiden, Funny used to pick me up. Joe Devere stayed right next to Funny. They passed my house on the way down to the county ground. And as soon as Flint is cute, I don't know, Phil Smith, Phil, football Phil must have had a fucking sniffer dog for Flint's motor. As soon as we arrived in the car park, he would be there, man. Like, you park your motor up, Phil was there. All right, Ferry, have you got a Veruca? <laughs> I've heard you got a Veruca. One day we get to the car park and Funny's like, fucking Phil again, man. <laughs> so, Funny puts his window down. Alright, Finny, alright, Joe, alright, Ferry. Alright, Phil, what's the team today then? They've heard that Richie's struggling. So, Funny started putting his window up, slowly, bit by bit, but Phil's head's in the window. <laughs> and his chin's going up. So he eventually pulls his head out and he's just basically speaking to a window. So I'm in the back seat, I put my window down. What's happening, Phil? Walks back to the back window, head in again. What about you, Devera? Are you alright? You weren't very good last game. And cheers, Phil, fuck's sake. So I start putting my window up and Phil's up there. And this goes on for about 10 minutes. Phil's going through one window to the other window and then me, Funny, and Joe hide under the seat and Phil's just speaking to a car he's just talking to a car one day me and my missus cut him up at the it was his pal Les who's a great guy as well I used to speak to him in that chippy for ages after the game weren't very good today Ferry alright Phil fuck's sake we cut him up at a magic roundabout and we both stopped and he he, he didn't realise and he went <laughs> I done the finger like that in his car and I tooted my horn, I done that to him. 
Sorry, Ferry, didn't realise it was you there, mate. <laughs> oh, I felt like I loved him, but what a guy. You were absolutely desperate to tell that story. Oh, I loved him. Well, I absolutely loved him. Great guy. Now Richie. He finds Ferry. Beaten away by Colgan. Oh, it's loose. It's Ferry again. And that has surely sealed Twindon's place in round two. He was like he loved um he loved Louis Thompson. Absolutely like Louis Thompson was his boy. And I thought Louis Thompson would have been on a big things, but he's just out of a bit of it, isn't he? Yeah, he's out on nine now, isn't he? Uh, I expected like Nathan was a great kid, loved Nathan. Uh, who else? Billy Bowden was good. Young boys at Swindon were good actually. Um I'm so, I think Billy should have been should be like Swindon captain now. With a good group of young boys, but he, he wasn't a big for. But like, you give Louis a chance, then he wouldn't give Billy a chance. But Billy went because of what happened to Paul. His dad, uh, he said it wasn't a bit. I think in the end, like, so that was the thing. Like, I remember he fell out of cards, and like he never spoke to me for like two weeks. And it was like, was it Etienne with Leon Clark? He fell out with Leon Clark, never spoke to Etienne ever again. He had like a weird way of working, but I think he's a genius, mate. Honestly, I do right. Like, he's the best coach I've ever had. Like on the training ground, he was unbelievable on his passion and enthusiasm for football, but it was just a wee thing, do you think? Pfft, maybe he did that a wee bit better. You're going into coaching now with Peter Heads. Oh, fucking crap. Do, do, <laughs> <laughs> do we need to worry for the state of the Peter Heads squad going forward? Are you, are you going to adopt the cameo? Nah, I'm like that. I'm like, I try and be like him, eh? Like, because only pe only manager I ever played well for was the cameo. Because you like demanded so much for you. I think players need that. Like as I said before, he came. Like it was just took the piss, and then went to Portsmouth after it. I went for we beat Portsmouth two one away, and we were going mental in the dressing room, and he cracked. Like this is that's not the standard. It's not good enough. And then I went to Portsmouth, and I had a manager. We got beat four nothing on the first game of the season, and he's coming in and shaking everyone's hands. And I'm thinking, what the fuck going on here? Like so, I think the cameo was brilliant, especially for that group of players that we had. So guys like Gary Roberts, myself, James Collins, like the cannio was perfect for us because we we were wild. Do you know what I mean? But he he knew the exact way how to how to work us. But I think lower league manag management's better for him than, than going with the bigger guys. Uh, just to think that they'll accept his shit. Which was proven. Uh, it was something, <laughs> uh, but on the training ground, he was brilliant, wasn't he? Oh, was uh, but just some of the stuff he would do was like he used to. I remember remember he, he's one of his first sessions. He done a drill and he he done the he done the demo. So he stepped up, he's passed it, and he got it back, and he's fucking whipped it in the top corner. It was brilliant, man. And then like we go up in the next ten shots, like buzzing the trees, <laughs> and he, he fucking snaps, mama. He's like, I, I, lads, I live in Rome, twelve million in the bank, three Bentleys. Fuck who I want, and I'm standing here with this shit. <laughs> Oh, brilliant, man. But then, and then times he would tell you you're the best player in the world. And then that meant more to you because, like, some managers they tell you you're brilliant all the time, and you think, you fucking say it all the time. But when Decanio told you, mate, it was like, that's amazing, man. I was, I was speaking to Paul before, and he says, well, people ask me all the time who was better, the Decanio team or the current team. I've got the answer from Paul. I don't know. I don't know, was the answer. So go and ask Paul. <laughs> which team was better, this one or the one ten years ago? Because the answer is, I don't know. Um, I think Danny Olsen's team was was better. Eh? Well, yeah, well, 
Christmas. You had a great time. No, but we beat we beat Leeds three 0 home and away. Southampton, with Schneiderlin, Lana. Like that team is that team is brilliant. I'm telling you, man. Like we would go out there just thinking we'll win it. Even Leeds, like you never even be nervous, eh? Like brilliant, how like Dougie and that Dougie'd be always just bad to me. Fucking nervous for you. Fucking good player, just go and play. But Dougie and Gordon, that they were warriors, man. Billy and Charlie. Like that team would that that team would go a long way. I think they would they beat the Canio's team. Yeah. I think. Do we end on any of Benny? No, 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 I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit anyway. It's not we good. Ended on no, no, it's not good. Is that the end? Yeah. Oh, devastated. Think of something quick. That's alright. Story. You've not done any yet. Oh, I'll tell you a great story about the Canio, right? <laughs> so. Remember I used to get played fucking right midfield, what was that about? <laughs> I hate crossing the ball, right? I fucking hate crossing the ball, I can't admit. And then there was a stage, I think Cads had left, and then maybe Matty was injured. And he was like, ah, you're going to hit the corners. And I was like, oh, fuck off, man. I was shite at corners, I hated them. Man. I hated playing wide and I hated crossing the ball, I just wanted to pass it. And uh, one day with them corners, he was obsessed with corners, man. Bear in mind we are elite two football players, right? So, Simon, going to the corners, I want the ball here. He's like, hold the ball up in one area. I want the ball here. I'm like, what? I'm basically shutting my eyes and fucking kicking it anywhere here, pal. Sorry to disappoint you, mate. So, as you'd expect, I fucking, mate, I couldn't. First two are terrible. And I can see it, and the boys are pissing themselves laughing, man. Because they know I hate taking corners. I've said to them in the dressing room, I hate taking corners, I do not know why he puts me on them. And he's losing his patience. And he says, Simon, I need you to make this a good one in the third corner. And I've crumbled, man. <laughs> the worst out of the three, right? And I get a whistle, and he flanged it on the deck. And he goes, fucking mamma mia! You think this is just set pieces? This means fuck all to you? He says, when this works on a Saturday, I go home, I take a big fucking wonk. <laughs> and what a way to this evening. So, thank you everybody for coming out, but do bear in mind, Simon Payne all the way from Glasgow for this night only. So, everyone again, have a good The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble? Well, it's Swindon Town. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, 
When it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.